What's up, fam? You're about to hear a message from Hope Valley Church in Denver, Colorado. We are a new, Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible church and campus ministry in Denver, Colorado. Whether you've been walking with Jesus for like a day or a whole lifetime, we trust that this message will help you take your next steps to follow him. If you're in the Denver metro area, we would love for you to come and worship with us. You can check us out at our website at hvdenver.com to learn more. Also, don't forget to follow, like, subscribe, however you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Oh, and share. Now, let's jump in. Hey, everybody. Merry Christmas. It's so good to be with you on video today, but I'm not going to lie. I really, after two and a half years of COVID, I despise talking to a camera in a mostly empty room, but, uh, but let's jump into the word today. We're going to be looking at Luke chapter nine, verse 21 and 22. Uh, my son, David loves to solve Rubik's cubes and he's brilliant at it. He can solve a cube in under 20 seconds. And uh, which is amazing to me because I can't I've never actually solved one without uh, without using an algorithm or without using an app that helped me work my way through the algorithms. The one of the one of the mysteries to me about the Rubik's Cube is that what happens is you work towards certain uh, goals based on the algorithm. And then sometimes it appears that you work away from completing the cube. So if you complete one side and it looks like you're moving in the direction of finishing, uh, you mess up that side because you're also trying to move the other sides to completion as well. And so it looks like it's coming together and then it explodes apart and looks like it's coming together and then it explodes apart. And then finally at the last second, uh, as kind of a, almost like a surprise, the last couple of moves, it goes from absolute, what appears to be chaos to a completed form in just a couple of moves. And it's absolutely brilliant. We're going to see today in these two verses, uh, Jesus explode the Rubik's Cube. Just to bring us up to speed, Jesus has been doing miracles. He's been saving people. He's been healing people, raising people from the dead. He's charged his disciples to go and proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal people. And, and there's, there's stirring and the acclaim is growing and, and crowds are starting to follow him. And just last week, we learned that Peter had the revelation that Jesus is the Christ of God. And so he's the one that's going to redeem Israel from all of their pain and suffering. And he's going to usher them into a new era, into a new season. And now Jesus is going to explode the Rubik's Cube with this revelation that we're about to approach. Now, I'll warn you now, this seems like a weird message for Christmas Day, but it's actually absolutely appropriate because this, this, this couple of passages right here is exactly why we celebrate the birth of Jesus the way that we do. Luke chapter 9 verses 21 and 22 says this, and Jesus strictly charged and commanded his disciples to tell no one uh, what Peter had just realized, that he was the Christ of God, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. This is God's word to us. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us today uh, to celebrate Christmas with perspective that you didn't just come as an infant, to be an infant, uh, to be beautiful and to be celebrated. But the reason you came was to redeem us from the wages, the pain of sin, of shame, and of death. And I thank you on this Christmas day for that reminder uh, that it was for this reason you came, to set us free. Help us find freedom in you. 
Amen. So I want to speak very, very briefly about uh, how Jesus knew what he came to do, why he came to do it, and when he would get it done. Jesus knew, uh, and we're not quite sure at what age he was aware of it, but he knew uh, before the incarnation, uh, as he existed with the Father and the Holy Spirit in eternity past, he knew he was entering his creation to set humanity free from the guilt and the shame and the weight of sin. He also knew that, that through his death, burial, and resurrection, he was also going to heal the earth that, that groans for his salvation and groans for the revelation of the kingdom to be realized in its full. God knew all of this when he took on human flesh and, and chose to dignify the human condition in all the ways that he did so by taking on uh, human flesh in the form of a baby, coming through the birth canal, living an ordinary life and, and, and coming into to, to, uh, a world that, that would ultimately reject him. Jesus was uh, at a young age, became a refugee and, and had to hide in Egypt in order for his life to be preserved. Jesus lived a very ordinary and by many means a boring life, dignifying our human boring and ordinary experiences. I know it can be tough to think that life should be exciting and fun and sparkly and, and all like the, the IG life or the Snapchat life. But the reality is much of life for all of human history and for much of our lives as well is, is ordinary and plain. And Jesus dignified that by choosing the family that he chose, and by being born into the time that he was being born into. Jesus knew that by coming at that time, he was not only identifying with the people of that time, but he was identifying with people of all time because that's who he knew he was coming to save. The reason that he knew he was coming to save us is because he was present in the garden when Adam and Eve chose their own pride and chose to try and find equality with God and tried to replace God with their own goodness and their own power and their own strength. And he saw them uh, walk away from the intimate relationship that they had with the Father and he made it his purpose to restore the relationship between humanity and, and the Father. Now, Jesus also knew when he was going to do it. Now, at the top of this passage in, in verse 19, we, I'm sorry, in verse 21, we saw that Jesus charged and commanded the disciples not to tell anybody who he was and what he was there to do. This is something that we call, the biblical call, scholars call the, the messianic secret because, uh, because Jesus, like Jairus, we, when he healed Jairus' daughter, he said, don't tell anybody. And there's this echoing of, of him telling people, don't tell anybody who I am or what I've done. And the reason that he's doing this is uh, for at least, uh, for, for several reasons, but, but among them is that he was timing his ministry so that he would get to Jerusalem and be handed over to the authorities and be crucified at the same time as the Passover celebration. And if he drew too much attention to his ministry before that time, it would have been out of sync with his ultimate purpose. He was busting up the Rubik's Cube and, and timing it so that it would be come to its conclusion at just the right time to fulfill the prophecies that were spoken of him in previous generations. But I also think that part of the reason Jesus tried to keep his, uh, his messianic uh, identity a secret is because they didn't actually fully understand who the Messiah was and what the Messiah was going to do. 
They really expected that the Messiah was going to help them overthrow the Roman government. But that wasn't Jesus's interest. He had something far bigger in mind. He had something far more severe and far more wonderful in mind than just the Roman government. He was going to overthrow death itself. And if they had gone out and told everybody what they knew about the Messiah at that time, they would have had a limited understanding and they would have had a confused explanation of what Jesus was there to do. They more than likely would have talked about how he was going to set them free from Rome. But his intent all along was that he was going to set them free from death. That's what he came to do and why he came to do it and when he came to get it done. The Christmas season is rightly a season of uh, prioritizing giving. And as Christians, we give because Jesus gave. We, we give because he modeled giving in and of himself, because, because of his loving kindness and his faithfulness, he gave his life for us, John three sixteen, right? We, we know that Jesus came to give. We know that it's better to give than it is to receive. But this Christmas season, I, I want to encourage you, uh, don't give without first receiving from God. To give is good, but you can't give until you've properly received something. This Christmas season, I ask that you would, you would consider the reason that Jesus came, that you would consider why we celebrate his birth, why we celebrate the virgin birth, why we celebrate the angels appearing, why we celebrate the, the magi giving him gifts, why we celebrate the life of Jesus, why we celebrate the ministry of Jesus. It's not just because he came and he was good and inspiring and faithful and loving and, and kind and compassionate and merciful. We celebrate him because he accomplished what he told the disciples he would. He was handed over and he confronted the powers of sin and death. And he overcame every single one of them. And that is why we celebrate Christmas. That is why we celebrate the virgin birth. That is why we celebrate the angels appearing to the shepherds and the shepherds celebrating. That's why we celebrate Anna and Simeon in the temple. Because ultimately, he called the shot and he pulled it off for our benefit and for his glory. Let us first receive the goodness and the glory of God before we try and go give uh, of anything. You hear that? That's the fridge going off in the background. That's a, that'll be my, my, uh, like the hook, right? The end of the music. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, help us, help us to receive the, uh, a fuller, a more full revelation of what it is that you came to accomplish in this Christmas season. Help us in this Christmas season to acknowledge, uh, your faithfulness your goodness, your loving kindness revealed through the incarnation, through your ministry, through your death, burial, and resurrection. Help us to receive the truth of the kingdom that you came to set us free so that we could have freedom. We love you and honor you. We celebrate you this Christmas and every week and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Merry Christmas.